1: Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 5th, 2008. I always ask the newcomers to look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That's my website, and you can download lots of talks on our main subjects, all coming to light in this day and age to do with the histories of the world and how it's got to where it is and where it's planned to go. Who's doing it and the foundations and organizations that intermesh to bring it all about. Also look into Alan Watts sentient, sentinel.eu and you can, trans- you can take transcripts uh, and download them written in the various languages of Europe. Pass them around to your friends. Now for those who send me paper mail, I read it all, but remember I cannot reply to everyone. I don't have a secretary and I, I really can't spend my life just answering mail, but for those who do send occasional donation, I have to thank you very much and I hope I do hope to get back to those ones because that's what keeps me going. Uh, that's the bread and butter here that pays for everything and like everyone else, I have to live too. You can also donate on The website, you can find how to donate to me as well. And that also keeps me going. And I try to get back to those people as well. Because this is really basically a one-man band type show. Where I do all this work here at home. I run off to the mailbox. I run off to the post office. Both of which are a few miles away from me. And I make up the orders myself and send them out. And also do these shows. And even today, after being on Alex Jones' show for a few hours, one of the computers crashed with all my mail on it. So this is the sort of stuff that you have to allow me to, to do and not be so impatient. And there's always a few impatient ones that think you should get back to them right so away. It can't be done. It can't be done on a shoestring. It can't be done even physically because I'm doing too much as it is. And the weekends are just the same at weekends I have to try and catch up with all the stuff I haven't done during the week and it's still impossible to even to even do it's impossible I try but I, I'll never do it so please just accept that's the way it is now I've been going on about genetics for a while and the genetic agenda and maybe carrying on in a sense from today's Two and a half hours or so with Alex Jones on this particular topic. I'll continue tonight on the same topic because it's so vitally important to understand where we're going, why we're going in this particular direction, and good understand the real agenda because nothing in this system happens by chance. Nothing is just evolving. By the actions of independent players or corporations, Uh, that's that's so unreal. Everything is coordinated and has been for a long time. In fact, the largest corporations in the planet are really just a handful uh, of families at the top running them, because they have shares for the public to buy, but they always own and control the controlling shares in these big organizations. And many of them in the high-tech industry, for instance, were actually set up by the CIA in America and MI6 in Britain and other major societies that work for governments in secret capacities. They could not allow true pre-competition in these areas and they have a different agenda. I'll be back with more about this particular agenda after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt back cutting through the Matrix. And just mentioning that everything that we're taught in the mainstream news to do with the present crisis all over the planet, it is pretty well bogus. And big think tanks were employed 30, 40 years ago to plan this phase of it to convince us that we must come together as a global system under a global governmental organization. Professor Carl quickly talked about it. He talked about the some of the big foundations that had a hand in this bringing in a new feudal system where the CEOs of the big international corporations would appear to the public to be the new feudal overlords. And that's what's happening. They've gone after the food of the planet. They've gone after uh, the oil. They've gone after everything that you now need today in this day and age to live. Uh, your Your water has been taken over as well. Piece by piece across whole nations and privatized, supposedly put into the hands of a couple of major international players. So we'll be made to be interdependent, as they call it interdependent. Now, these guys don't make mistakes, they don't put out Monsanto seeds and then howl and cry uh, that there's fungus killing off uh, plants across the planet. They must create a war situation worldwide, and what do you have in war? You have food rationing. That's mandatory. They also want, eventually, through all of the chaos they've planned for 30-odd years, according to their own uh, information, 30-odd years of rioting and so on, but they also want to, to have big movements of people, just like refugees, moving into the big major cities. And that's why the United Nations, quite a few years ago, mandated that every country must create what they call super cities, extensions of the existing ones where we're all crammed in and we'll be living on top of each other. That's what they have, but that's not to last forever because they do plan to bring down the population pretty drastically, step by step by step. And these characters work intergenerationally. Many of them working today towards this won't be alive, in 30 years but they don't mind they know that their descendants will take over and finish it off carry it through that's how they've always done this and this goes back they say, to this odd thing called eugenics a term coined back in the 1800s to do with selective special breeding and it was built on the supposed doctrine of Charles Darwin Although Darwin himself simply got it from his own father, his grandfather too before had written similar stuff to do with selective breeding and survival of the fittest. Because in reality, the Darwin family were already practicing special selection in their breeding practices, and had been be for generations. And you'll find this with all the top players. They're all pretty well the same. However, with the massive publication of Darwinism, It caught on like wildfire amongst an upper middle class who also were terrified of the masses beneath them. This was the age of Karl Marx, remember, and all the other big mass movements. And it talked about the public as being one conglomeration, one big mass. And that terrified the, the upper middle classes that one day they might be overthrown by what they thought were inferior types. And this worked into a doctrine. Personally, I think this doctrine always existed for thousands of years. But certainly, and the books have been written uh, since the 1800s by some of the major players themselves, it emerged in public for the first time, open to the public for those who could read at the time. And the flag was taken up, this, this flag towards special selective breeding for an elite while they decimated up an unfit public down beneath them, it was taken up by the Carnegie Institute in the United States with funding from the U.S. Congress, and they discussed this in the late 1800s. Uh, the big players came into it. They started up the American Census Bureau uh, on behalf of the eugenic societies, and... Carnegie eventually was helped and funded as well by the Rockefeller Foundation and other foundations. And I've told you before, these foundations all work together. They're fronts. They're big, incredibly rich fronts that work for the most powerful, wealthy, and royal families, too, on this planet. You can trace their genealogy back for supposedly thousands of years according to themselves. And at the, the, the Cold Spring Harbor that was set up to do some of this experimentation, they also called it the Station for Experimental Evolution. They truly believed then, and have never ever changed, uh, that if the lesser species, meaning those who had not evolved, and they believed that thousands of years ago there was a great evolution, but only for the few, that was themselves, the proof being self-evident to them, that they ruled the world already, they ruled continents and nations, they ruled and owned all the necessities of life, they ruled over the lives of the lessers beneath them. So they believed the lessers, the masses, were going to be a problem, and under the Darwinian theory, if if those particular ones were allowed to go into a new era, uh, they would bring down the higher evolution of the, the elected ones, you might say. That was their big fear then. And this was added to with the findings of all people, a man who was a monk. And this monk, uh, it was Mendel, or Mendelssohn, some call him, he came up with the theory of a selective breeding for, for vegetables of all things, peas especially. And he just happened to, to find the right amount of selected pairs to breed hybrids. And they tried to apply this to humans to see if they could actually breed good traits into bad varieties and of course they came up with, with the idea it wouldn't work therefore although they could train the masses to to, uh, to alter their behavior they claimed that when the masses had children those children would be exactly the same as the untrained parents had been and you had to train them all over again therefore the masses would have to be gradually, very gradually be sterilized or Eliminated one way or another. Uh, this particular experiment on in Cold Springs Harbor uh, started off the, the eugenic movement with sterilization being passed by the U.S. Congress and through different states in the United States. And they, they did this with the so-called feeble-minded and the unfit. But what they meant at the top, and this is in the writings of some of the founders like Charles Davenport, who was in charge initially of this particular institute uh, what, they, what they said was there was also a poverty gene they believed the people literally were in poverty because it was a genetic thing, a genetic problem a recessive gene they couldn't get ahead because it was not in their nature to do so they were programmed and this has never changed since those days with the beginning of the census in 1890 then 10 years later and so on They also try to select as much information on individuals, including medical records and criminal records and so on, to try to keep the the, the, the trace or histories of family genealogies. They've done it up to this present day. You have so much data on your lineages. It's incredible. And uh, really, if you want to find out about your ancestry, uh, it's a pity we can't get into the government departments to find it because they've got it all there going back for hundreds of years, across the Western world. Because every other country in the Western world, we're doing the same thing. We're now going to step the stage where we're being sterilized gradually. They've admitted themselves from the United Nations. And I see this ad nauseum. The United Nations every year publishes their their findings on the male male sperm count in the Western world. They never followed up with an explanation or they never say it's a crisis, but if you're 75% sterile as a male in the Western world compared to to your dads or granddads in the 1950s, something drastic has happened to you. And this is not by accident. That's why it's not followed up with any comment. Get the blind stats, and that's that. It's meant to be. It's been done on purpose. And they can certainly target you and your genetic um, reproduction through simple inoculations, for instance. And it have been at this for a long time. Now, in the 1800s and 1900s, you think Superman is a new idea. We're, we're always given this red herring of Hitler, thinking this anomaly appeared in history called Adolf Hitler, and he was a bad man and did all these bad things, and he had weird ideas. But you see, none of Hitler's ideas were weird at all. He got them all from London and the United States. In fact, there was nothing original in Hitler's whole program that didn't originate in eugenic societies of the Western world. Many of the big authors they employed at these foundations, like H.G. Wells and George Bernard Shaw, wrote about the coming Superman. In the 1800s, then into the early 1900s. And Shaw actually wrote a book called Man and Superman, where he states in the book that those unfit to pass through into a new age would have to perish by necessity. And that's how they got ideas into more middle-class helpers, was by writing novels, in fact, and writing their ideas through apparent fiction, that way they couldn't be sued. But then many of the readers of the upper-middle-class became devotees and helpers towards this particular agenda, thinking they were also superior and that they'd get saved as well. Someone recently sent me a page from the Globe and Mail, and it's called Globe Review, Thursday, March the 20th, 2008. And this is in the entertainment section, I guess, Visual Arts. And it says, And it's all about uh, the curator of Ottawa's National Gallery of Canada leaving. But before he leaves, it's going to be a big exhibition. And I'll tell you about this particular exhibition after the following messages. watch and we're cutting through the matrix and before I take the collars I'm just going to read a little bit of an article here from the Globe and Mail it's called Globe Review in March 20th section R is the part of the entertainment page here and goes on about a big upcoming exhibition of art that was done in 1930s it says the one treated with greatest expectations and the biggest budget but 1.6 million dollars is the 1930s the making of the new man an ambitious thematic potpourri of more than 200 paintings photographs sculptures works on paper and films on display at the national gallery from june the 6th through september 7. four years in preparation drawing on the resources of private and public collections in more than 15 countries The new man offers a sweeping examination of the convulsive beauty, as is how they they phrase it, convulsive beauty that informed much of the art of the 1930s. While there previously had been exhibitions portraying the relationship between art and state power, as it was practiced in Nazi Germany, Fascist Italy, Soviet Russia, and other countries, the new man show focuses instead on the connection between art and biology because they were talking about literally creating a new type, of human being, but mainly uh, a type that would serve this uh, elite at to the top. As Jean Claire, former head of the Paris Picasso Museum and guest curator of the Ottawa exhibition, observed, biology was the rising and leading science of the decade. Totalitarian regimes on the left and right saw the application of science in conjunction with political power as a way to build a new man free from the terrors of the past, Strong and full of vigor. Ideologies of degeneration, and this is what I'm talking about here, they called it degeneration, the masses were called degenerates. Ideologies of degeneration, regeneration, and re education proliferated with artists in all countries variously amplifying, exploring, and criticizing these themes in their paintings and photographs. You should read this part for yourself because you see, this has not changed. And just as today, uh, the biggest artists are funded by government grants and handouts because culture is given from the top. That's all culture. It was the same back then, too. Now, I'll go to the, to the phones, and we we'll have got to Mark from Pennsylvania. Are you there, Mark? Hello, Mark.
2: Hello, Alan. Good evening. How are you? Not so bad. Quick question for you. Right. I was turned on to a musician Yesterday, In fact, I invested a good part of my evening searching YouTube and watching his amazing video interviews, mm-hmm. and his name is Frank Zappa.
1: Yeah. Do you have any good stories about him? I wouldn't tell stories on this particular show, or I'll be talking about music uh, from, from morning till night. Right. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, anything good or bad about the guy? I mean, it seems like he's right on. He's been talking about what you've been saying now for about thirty-five, forty years.
1: Well, Frank went to the same uh, school uh, as I say that most most of these characters came out of the Adorno and so on, the Frankfurt School. Uh huh. So they understood this stuff. They understood what their a lot of them understood their part in it. They understood what culture creation was. That's what they were taught at that, that particular school. How you through poetry, music. The visual arts and all the rest of it, all entertainment, you could shape the, the minds of of complete societies. Yeah.
2: But but it seemed like he was speaking out against it. Do you think that is that
1: just a show? Well, don't don't forget that a lot of the ones who who bring on the culture at that level are actually used. Now, even John Lennon uh, really thought uh, that he could bring a, he and others could bring on a new society where the youth would decide for themselves. It wasn't until a, a few years later. He was informed by, especially here in Canada, a professor that, that he and the rest were being used for, for a different purpose, and they didn't know it themselves. They didn't understand that themselves. Mm. So a lot of the, the musicians in that era uh, did not know the real agenda. You know, they were too young, they were very idealistic. They didn't realize there were very old families and an old science behind all of this with a different agenda.
2: Yeah, the one thing that kind of turned me off while listening to him is he kept. Encouraging people to vote.
1: Oh yeah, I mean this this voting thing. I mean read read the writings of Aristotle. Uh, I'll just floor you. He goes through the whole con game of voting even back then, and he talks about republics, uh, he talks about democracies, oligarchies, plutocracies, uh, theocracies. He goes through every every bit of it, and he tells you uh, how the game is played. So they understood this thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Have a great night. Uh, you too. Bye.
1: Now, I've got Shakir from Nova Scotia.
0: Are you there, Shakir? Hello? Hello. Yes. Hello there. Go ahead. Okay. I have um, a situation. I've heard your many, many talks on vaccinations, mm-hmm. and my wife just recently informed me that if, and I quote her, the government forces me to, I will vaccinate my children. Mm-hmm. Our children, I hope she means, but uh, I'm sometimes uh, excluded from this. So now, um, for some strange reason, but uh, without exploring that aspect of uh, how many times this is what's occurred to me, I'm, I'm definitely going to attempt to uh, to convince her otherwise. Although I, she surprised me with this news, but. Um, I wouldn't have married her if I ever thought she was going to behave that way in the first place. But now, here I am in this situation. I have two young ones mm-hmm. who need to enter the school system. The school system in this province in Canada requires that you be vaccinated before you go to school, mm-hmm. by law. Yeah. Now, um, how many vaccinations would you estimate would be required to do as you... Said I think I quote you to cause a frontal lobotomy effect. Uh, Probably one. Only one. Probably some people. Hang on, and we'll talk about the south of the break.
3: You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network
0: because you can handle the truth.
1: Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt back with cutting through the matrix we're talking to shakir from nova scotia yes. who's uh, in a fairly typical problem today where one member of the family is aware of what inoculations can do to the children and another member who who still believes in the medical system and probably
0: i don't know if your wife watches a lot of television does she well actually no i you know we She's been well informed prior to our um, prior before prior to the the act taking place of um, consummating. Uh, we researched this in great depth. I mean, we were doing home birthing and vegetarianism, and then now she suddenly's. I don't know. I mean, I've never understood estrogen in my life. Anyway, I don't know if any of the other guys on here has have, have in their life, but she's made this sudden switch where now even though we were homeschooling our children she's decided to have a full-time babysitting service which uh-huh. is which is to send them to school yeah you see we're paying taxes why not and I'm, i don't mean that either i mean, yeah, and I, know. I would rather not send the children to, now, now the children have already entered the school system they say it's brutal the people are nasty the uh-huh. the 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 uh, the students are are are, are mostly violent yeah. And uh, and and they were not raised on these principles or on on these lack yeah. of morals and or and and so they're being traumatized. They're being yeah. traumatized now. Um, but uh, she doesn't seem to understand that. And now she's in the position of saying, and, and I quote her and saying, if she is forced to by the government, well, I was trying to visualize how are you forced by the government? There is that a gunpoint or mm-hmm. how could you be forced? Yeah, I mean, we could we could remove the children, leave the province, leave the country. If rather than we're not financially in, uh, uh, not of means, mm-hmm. you see? but she's still prepared. To do, so I, I'm very very worried. Um, and you say it's only one vaccination. It depends on your again your your, your actual physiology.
1: Um, some children we know for a fact it's just the, the first. Uh, MMRs they even get as babies, some of them will go under right away, they end up with autism we know that attention deficit and all these other problems are just degrees of the same problem coming from the same source So, and also um, some of them act as almost like cocking a hammer and a gun the first inoculations, the second one sometimes will, will, will trigger it off and in comes other problems like, like juvenile arthritis and so on so uh, there's so much documentation as i'm sure you're aware on this this whole topic this subject here but um as i say you 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 might be you might have to eventually leave the province uh, if that's the case because they seem to be coming down with a heavy hand now they want everyone into the same system in fact they don't want any alternative system or even homeschooling and and um As you say, the children that go into school are brought up often with single parents or parents who watch TV and the children are playing games or bringing themselves up. They do get their values from the state and they are pretty well uh, violent amongst each other. So your children are like a fish out of water in that milieu. So you have to really um, take some steps to to, to rectify the situation before you ruin their lives completely, you know?
0: Absolutely, yes. And so... um So um, to revisit that, your your um, your thought, it may only be as little as one vaccination. They see they haven't been vaccinated yet, so it may only be as little as one that could alter their physiology to the point where they're just they're only capable of picking up something and moving it across the room to the other side. It could be that, or they come down with massive physical problems and allergies too. Yeah, you know, and allergies
1: generally deteriorate into, as I say, this new type of rheumatoid arthritis very early. Uh, that's one of the most common problems today, even with, uh, with with young people in their 20s and 30s are coming down. like, And this never happened but before, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This was pretty well unknown in young people, and that was becoming very common.
0: You see, my God, Alan... Well thank, well, thank you. Thank you, Alan, for, for this information. I, I know how to behave now or how to react. Um, I'll be on my knees to, <laughs> yeah. to try. I, okay, thank you, Alan, and uh, I wish you a good night. And you too. Thank you. It's a difficult situation, and I, I hear that from a lot of, uh, of people
1: uh, who have really studied up on the issue. Dr. Uh, was Don Scott, in fact, Don Scott from Sudbury, Ontario, that gave out a lot of declassified information from governmental departments. They talked about the world meetings that they had many years ago when they said they'd bring Africa down quick, meaning quick kills and death and so on. But for the West, there would be too much of a hullabaloo and too many questions asked, so they'd give uh, debilitating illnesses, long-lasting degenerative illnesses, to make people ineligible for marriage partners. And voila, in the, the 70s, he came up with all these crippling um chronic fatigue diseases uh epstein-barr virus and so on and it's it's knocked out so many many people now you have men with lupus another disabling disease that never never happened in men before at all so it's all after the big world meetings these guys mean business and we see the evidence and they're being successful and if you cannot protect your children um what kind of person are you what kind of human being are you if you won't protect your own children regardless of authorities and, and, and threats and so on. When you know what's happening, you have to take steps to save your own children. No one else will, and that's so important. I got Mark from California there. Mark.
3: Hi, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Good. You know, I'm on a website right now, the Grand Lodge of British of British Columbia. Yeah. And it shows Abraham Zabrueter, Freemason, 33rd degree. And I find that interesting, and I wondered what your comments on that are. Um, if you think that he was put there by the organization that killed Kennedy, they re- record the ritualistic murder of the king. What, what are your, some of your thoughts on that? I've never really given
1: uh, that, that site much attention. It's it so flashy and show-offy. I often wonder how much is put there just to intrigue the public, and they also make sure that so many of the public do know about them. It's a huge site on the internet, and it certainly can keep people amazed and amused for many, many years. But I really don't take much credence in what they show the general public. It's more important what they don't show the general public. Uh, And and the facts are, too, uh, they speak for themselves. Every town and village and city that you drive into, about a mile outside town, or sometimes half a mile, you'll see the biggest board you'll ever see, billboard. Billboard. And it's all the, the Masonic associations. And they're telling you, this is this is who runs this town or city or this village. And we accept that as being normal. So it's one big club that pays off each other. Uh, they do live off of the public. Uh, they do give each other's favors all the time. And, and that's all we really need to know. They're a secretive society. Uh, they're just a clique, really. They're sworn to help each other out. And they're also sworn to ignore the profane meaning uh, if uh, you have a hardware store and you join masonry and the guy down the road already exists with a hardware store, all the masons must visit the, the, the masonic one. So he'll get the business, another guy will go out. So they don't believe in playing fair at all. Uh, that's standard with all these major fraternities. And um, But I, I don't get, I don't even bother with the, the
3: stuff they put up for the public to see. Okay, so you, you've never really... You know, able to confirm whether Abraham Zebruder was a 33rd degree at that time in 1963 or not? No, and I wouldn't even waste my time to find out. Okay, I just, I just thought yeah. that was interesting.
1: Okay, yeah. well, thanks, thanks, okay. Alan. Bye now. Okay. you got Terry from Calgary, dear Terry.
3: Hi,
2: Alan. Thanks very much for taking my call. Yeah, go ahead. It's a pleasure speaking. For for quite a while now, I've been running a website and trying, just trying to keep track of the uh, New World Order and what they're up to and all the different groups. One of the things I've had trouble in narrowing down is the hierarchy of power. Who Who's at the top? You know, the 13 large banking families? I mean, is there indeed five families that control everything? And if so, who who's at the top? Who do you think they are?
1: I don't think it's just them. There, there, there's a... There are other groups. You see, anyone who's, and I've stated this even in ancient records, uh, th- those who are in the public eye, in the limelight, they might be high-level workers, but they're still workers nonetheless. Uh, and bankers, too, have to be involved in what's going on, so technically they're still workers as well. Um, so the, the true uh, lazy boys, they call them at the top, um, and it's, there's a play on the letter Z there. It's la the Z-boy. Um, and high masonry Uh, these are the characters who really really run the world and their names are generally not found in the newspapers they do exist um, but they don't do what we think of as work Uh, worker bees do the work Uh, these characters, uh, I've no doubt too they're descended through um, even the Knights Templars and even beyond the Knights Templars in the the ancient Middle East and even Egypt, I've no doubt at all that goes all the way back because they've used the same symbology uh, down through the ages and they've always used the same, as I say, genealogical um, terminology to describe themselves and to describe the lesser types that work for them. Uh, It's the same group as a religion too Uh, and it doesn't mean that everyone in a family, even an elite family, must understand what's happening. They test even their own children out and their children are, are sent to higher masters and if one's a bit dim, uh, he won't get in on the real act. Uh, whereas the, if the brother is and he can keep his mouth shut, uh, he'll go up the ladder even further and get in on the big, big picture. So so they even screen their own because they do have uh, problems because of their inbreeding with their own families. Not everyone is allowed into the big picture. And traditionally, uh, and I mean traditionally, uh, the women are kept excluded from the reality of what's really going on. Now some of them obviously catch on and some of them are wiser, some of the women, but they do keep uh, very quiet about it.
2: So families like the Rothschilds or the the Rockefellers, do you feel that they're just the worker bees as well?
1: They're very high worker bees, but they're still worker bees. There's no doubt about it. Um, These characters are dedicated to a religion because even old David Rockefeller uh, doesn't sit down very much. He's on the, the trot across the planet uh, all the time. Um, they never retire, uh, so uh, they're, they're always working towards the same agenda, but it's, which means they are worker bees, but they're true believers. They're, they're true believers in this particular cause. Uh, and make no mistake.
2: Would you place the, the, the Pope and the Vatican and the
1: Queen uh, around the same level as them? There's no doubt, yeah. yeah. You could not go into the Vatican and get access to that kind of data, Uh, They they have have, uh, records going back, even personal letters between kings and queens from centuries ago. They have the real histories in in the archives in the Vatican, and you could never, and they have a very good intelligence service. You could not miss what's happening in the world. And I've no doubt that Malachi Martin and others were quite right, that it was certainly infiltrated long ago and taken over, although I do suspect at the very beginning that the higher ones who started up that particular church when they amalgamated all the pagan religions into it, which is called the universal church for that reason, um, I I think that they already knew what the agenda was. I think the big players have have been involved in every major religion, sometimes continuously and sometimes on and off, down through the many, many, many centuries. If you couldn't leave that alone, you'd have to control them.
2: Uh, very interesting, just one other quick, quick question, question, if I can, One Listening to Patriot Radio sometimes, if I find, uh, I think there's a little psychology being played on me at times. I feel like maybe there's a certain agenda that they're pursuing. Um, I sort of feel like a dog chasing my tail after listening to Patriot Radio for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I really uh, welcome listening to your talks and your podcasts and downloading them all. I feel that you fill in a lot of holes that seem to be you mentioned once on one of your podcasts that there was a gentleman with connections to the London establishment that helped to publish the uh, the videos and the um, of all the uh, large players in Patriot. Do you have a name for him?
1: Oh, I'm trying to remember back now. How long ago was this? You
2: mentioned he called you and spoke to you for a couple hours and wanted oh, yeah. okay. you to do a
1: do a video program and include the alien conspiracy and you oh that. yeah 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 i wouldn't say that on the air okay. i think everyone gets the idea yeah 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 i mean i, I had that and i you, you should understand too that from the days of even Alistair Crowley, uh the elite were putting out even before Crowley, they were they're setting up um mystique or institutions to mystify the public uh cult-like in a sense. Where they would take truth and wrap it with a lot of fiction as well, and uh, when everyone heard the truth, but they'd mix it up with the fiction and, and uh, discredit the truth, that's called called counterintelligence. And uh, you know, now you can't stop people following that which fascinates them, and they always make sure, just like Crowley, the stuff they give out fascinates them. Uh, Crowley was 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 uh, using a lot of information. Uh, to do with the coming World War II because he worked with uh, MI, MI5 and MI6 and he was mixing it up with Nostradamus' sayings, mixing it up with channeling that his wife got from, from uh, Thoth supposedly and um, uh, putting this out to his followers and, and thousands of followers believed this man and his propaganda but it turned out later that he was actually working as to say for, for the British government. So they set up um, uh, fronts. Now, some, some might be genuine or, or just simply crazy. Um, it's, it's difficult to say, but, but some are certainly put out there. And Crowley was a member, a member of the, uh, an aristocracy in London, and uh, he was well-connected.
2: You, do you feel that uh, the time's getting fairly close that we're going to find ourselves in martial law?
1: Here in the United States and Canada, we've already been told we're under martial law. When Alan Rock uh, came out, and in the 19, eight, it was 1998, when he was the Attorney General for Canada, um, he's, he brought through the Omnibus Crime Bill, which was actually a whole bill to do with martial law. And even the newspaper reporters were saying, "Well, what's happening? What was this for? There's no, there's no trouble in the world. There's no trouble here. What's going on? 9/11 hadn't happened yet." and they were given no answer but uh, that was the same bill he ran through that eventually became the Patriot Act in the United States much later.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So these guys and what happened to Alan Rock afterwards well they sent him off as an ambassador to the United Nations yeah,
2: The Anti-Terrorism Act
1: passed yeah. 10 weeks after, uh, unbelievable. Alan thanks very much for your time I'll uh, my thanks, for your thanks for calling So yeah, these, these characters are sent in they're technocrats into governmental positions like Alan Rock they do what they have to do they're told to do and once it's done they're moved on to another position and this is standard uh, when you watch these characters same with maurice strong he's, he's done the same thing and many others in kissinger uh and you, can, and you can go on and on with these guys they're called technocrats and i've got Charlotte from california are you there charlotte uh, yes i
4: am good evening mr how are you? how are you doing i'm doing good um i I received your book about a week ago. I've read it once, but I know I'm going to have to read, like uh, you suggested, a few more times. Yes. Um, The question that I had for you was, um, we have uh, two children. They're they're my stepchildren.
1: Um, I I, I can hear the music, Charlotte. Could you hold on? Sure. after this break, and we'll carry on then. Hi, folks. I'm Ellen Watt, calling for the Matrix. and have got Charlotte from California. Will you continue, Charlotte?
4: Uh, yes. Uh, regarding uh, my children, uh, 11 and 14, um, we've we've been open with them in regards to uh, the events happening in the world. You, uh, I, I don't really feel that they should be sheltered from that, mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to get your opinion on that uh, because. Uh, They're my stepchildren, and their other home, uh, they've made comments, you know, you couldn't believe the things coming out of uh, the boy's mouth, you know. Uh, And they want to have a discussion with us Mm -hmm. uh, over coffee. And I I feel that they're going to bring that up. And what's your feeling on... Because I've heard you uh, made the comment that this is no time for pussyfooting around. Mm-hmm. Uh, these things are going to happen. I want my kids to be aware, and this is going to be their world.
1: That's right. That's right.
4: Yeah. And, they, they, uh, they're going
1: to have to grow through the, uh, the worst of this, and uh, the worst is yet to come, but there's no doubt about it. And they have to know what's going on rather than be shepherded along by the mainstream. And guys with guns, they're going to know what's really going on and the the, the forces behind it, um, because it cannot be fought in any other way. Ignorance will not win this. Uh, only understanding will.
4: That's exactly the way that I feel. And I, I think I just wanted confirmation for that. It just feels right yeah. for them to know the truth. And it, and it has opened their eyes, because they come back and tell us things that are done at school. Yeah. Uh, for example uh i don't remember what it's called but some weapon that they use on the adolescents in uh in england i believe uh that only affects their hearing um, well my daughter who's in high school she she said that kids use that on their cell phone so that the teachers won't hear it but the other kids during you know in that age range where it does affect their ears So, I mean, she wouldn't be aware of these things if we didn't talk to them about that.
1: Absolutely. They are using technologies in the classroom. It's been in the mainstream media here and there, uh, supposedly to help carry a teacher's voice over any length in the class so each child will hear it just as clearly. But there's other frequencies involved in that, and some of this technology was used in the Soviet Union, uh, and it also makes them very placid in the classroom. That was part of it too. So it does alter... Uh, the mindset of the child they're using a lot of stuff today and they haven't told um the general public really what's going on
4: yeah Yeah. well i you know i i want to go in you know when they want to have this discussion you know these things are happening but it's hard for people who aren't in it it seems like in in our home Mm -hmm. we're cutting through the matrix here yes and over there they go back into the matrix
1: they are well, because I... the, they were probably watching television, getting mainstream, and and they're being lulled to sleep, thinking everything's just uh, just wonderful and being taken care of by by professional people, and have nothing to worry about. And that's that the system is all around us, and we're living in a dangerous time now because you have to be very careful what you say and who you say it to. And you're, you're absolutely right when children are involved, um, you have a problem there. Uh, I do know people who have already raised children, and they've, they've told them, you, you can't tell this to anyone, just anyone, because they will not understand.
4: Yeah, we, we do expound on that with the kids, you yep. know, because uh, you never know.
1: I know. Well, thanks for calling.
4: Thank you. Have a good
1: evening. That's the end of the show for tonight, folks. So from Hamish, myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and your God or your gods go with you.